Jake here. Oh, hello. <laughs> How are we? How are we? Well, welcome to Use the Glass. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Is it true that you turned down Stephen A. Smith for me? No, I turned down Max Kellerman. So uh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're ready to rock and roll. We're I've ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I've got a better beard than him anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's true. No doubt. All right. For those of you who do not know, we have the legend. The American Manu Ginobili on the line now, Jacob Johnson. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Say a few words for the people. Thanks. Um, yeah, I've been compared to Manu. Um, late stage Manu is what a lot of people say, the balding guy, not the guy with the free-flowing locks early in his career. Um, I was James Harden uh, for a while until he got really good, and then people were like, you're not James Harden. So, um, But, yeah, thanks for the intro. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. So I know we, I know you got a couple things on your mind, um, yeah. but as customary, we're going to start the episode uh, with the tip drill here. Uh, kind of a big night in the NBA. Got some things going. Big games. Clippers Rockets on right now. But I think even bigger news: we got Steph back in the lineup tonight. Right. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Well, so here's my thing. All right, Steph is back. I love it. And for all these people who are saying, no, Steph, he shouldn't play. The Warriors should rest him. They should tank for the last spot. <laughs> Guess what makes Steph Steph? Do you want to know? I do want to know. What makes Steph Steph is that he loves playing basketball. And if he's healthy, he should get out there and play. Because if the case was that we should just rest everybody and tank for the number one spot, we would just be sitting people for no reason. And that's dumb, all right? So I'm pro him coming back. I'm pro him getting some shots up. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. They might win one or two games more. Um, I think they're going to have him on like 10, 15 minutes a game. But I like it. Um, it's good to have him back in the league. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Oh, yeah, I do know. I do know. I read a comment from uh, Steve Kerr today. They're going to keep him on a bit of a minutes restriction. So it won't be the same amount of steps. Uh, might not even be the same step. Um, but I think I agree with your point here, um, uh, Jake. Uh, early in the day, I was very much uh, in line of what are they doing? He could hurt himself. Um, but I think you're right. You got to let Steph be Steph. Um, at the end of the day, their team is pretty garbage um, right now. Um, and so you're right. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference wins, losses. Um, but in addition, uh, the tanking, I don't think that works anymore, the way that we saw the draft process play out this past year. So it's not even worth it. Right now, at this point, you might as well give your, something, your, your fan base something to uh, be excited about um, yeah. and enjoy the watch. But it's good for the NBA. It's good for the NBA. And you're telling me in that new Chase Center, left Steph comes down the court, fires up one from the logo. That place isn't going to go crazy. Oh, you don't want to see him go off for 15 in three minutes. Come on, man. <laughs> You're not an NBA fan if you don't uh, want that. All I know is if that goes down, there's going to be a lot of pinch tents <laughs> in the old Chase Arena. And that's not even a San Francisco homeless <laughs> quote there. That's just a uh, or, homeless problem. Or a gay <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, so many levels that works on. 
<laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on to the meat of the bone here. All right. Some some juice last night in the NBA. Juice last night. And I want to start. I know I know you got some topics on this, uh, but I want to get going here with a former Laker great, Lonzo. Well, I wouldn't Ball. call him a Laker great, but go on. No. Exaggeration. Exaggeration for sure. Uh, Lonzo Ball. I don't know if you I watched did. the I watched game last night. Seven threes, and they looked yeah. pure. They, they looked were guarded. Yeah. And I'm going to add on. They were. Well, the fact that he made seven is pretty phenomenal mm. in the first right. place. Uh, but I'm going to add on to it. It's his second game in a row with seven threes. Yeah, that's crazy. Lonzo is 14 for 21 last two games. Now, small sample, but that's impressive. That's impressive. And I think in the last five games, he's averaging like 17, 8, and 8. Yeah. Um, I think this is the Lonzo that we all kind of anticipated and expected. And I don't know that Lonzo's done anything different um, with his game. I think it's a combination of being out of his dad's shadow and out of L.A., which kind of coincides there. But um, – and I think you kind of, kind of, you can see this theme for other players. His teammate Brandon Ingram is probably a good example as well. But new situation, new location, new lo- new coach. Sometimes that's all you need. I don't know. What are your? I thoughts? don't know. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. The uh, what is it? Atmosphere, attitude, you know, opportunity and stuff like that. But I actually do. You go back to his summer league games. He won summer league MVP. He had games where he was like 36 points, 10, 10 assists. And then I just think – I think actually he's always been a confident person and he's always carried himself. You see him at the end of games. He, he's, he's aggressive. He knows he can take over. He knows he can make a shot and get, get the uh, ball in the right spot. I do – I think whoever their shooting coach is, I don't know who it is, but you look at his shot now versus where it was and, you know – all right, let me back up here. So you go from from summer league, and then his dad was hyping him up. So I do think I agree with you that his dad was part of his downfall. And and then he goes into his first game. Patrick Beverly's guarding him. Confidence crushed. I think he he lost a lot in those first few ga- games. Seriously, you go back and you watch those. He looks like a um like a little mouse. He's like scared. He doesn't even want to hold the ball for more than like three seconds. Um, he's coming off screens yeah. and just whipping the ball around the corner, like way before, like the defense has even shifted. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is really due to, um, his jump shot now, because he's not, he's not shooting less. He's shooting about the same. He was shooting like seven, eight threes a game. And those would be his only shots. Um, but you look at a shooting stroke now, it's all on the right side. It's faster. Um, he looks more on balance. He's straight up and down. Uh, his body's not contorted. I give a lot of credit to that guy because I think once he has that, now he can drive by. He's not a great finisher, but when you have the threat of him making seven threes, he can get by you pretty quick. And then that opens up a lot for him. So I think I think that shooting coach, I don't know who it is, um, but you can see it with him and Brandon Ingram. Um, and so I yeah. think Brandon Ingram's stroke, he's shooting like 40%. I don't know if that's a contract year thing. I'd be afraid to give him a max. Um, but uh, but I think that shooting coach is huge, and he's going to get a huge payday. I would I would bring him in. 
Um, but here's a question I have, yeah. Will. If we don't make that yeah. trade, all right, or, or we keep one of the two or two of those guys in the trade, like uh, Kyle Kuzma, like we switch, give them Kyle Kuzma and keep one of those guys, where do you think they are on the Lakers right yeah. now? Do you think they're crushing it on the Lakers? You know, I, I don't think so, and here's why. Because no matter who they kept, they're going to be playing third fiddle. Because, um, and, and I was a big fan of this trade from the very beginning because I think you get a guy who's proven in Anthony Davis, a top, if we're being pretty generous here, top 10 talent in the league over guys who are unproven and inconsistent. Um, and I don't think that changes with another year of improvement for, say, Lonzo or Ingram because they're still going to play behind LeBron and AD, right? Right. And I think that might have been a little bit of Lonzo's issue last year was that he wasn't as ball dominant with LeBron. Um, but to your point, I want to give Lonzo credit because we've seen it on the court and off the court. I think he's grown with his maturity. Yeah, for sure. And I think with that, with that comes the willingness to lo- listen to someone else about your shot, yeah. right? And you don't have LeVar. You probably didn't have LeVar in his ear. And, and we've seen him stand up to LeVar, too, on his Facebook show. So I think I think that the trade was good for Lonzo, despite being an L.A. guy. Um, and I think he's reaping the benefits. I think, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to produce those numbers for the rest of his career. I think in some sense this might be a bit of a hot take that he makes Drew Holiday replaceable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, so if he makes him replaceable, then you're talking about trading Drew. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I still like to keep Drew around. I think I think having those guys in a winning situation um, is valuable in itself. If they make the playoffs and get into a playoff series, and that then they grow. You've seen what happened with Tatum and Brown. They both got to that early on, even even though maybe they didn't deserve it. And then they got a taste of that, and they saw, you know, okay, this is playoff basketball. So I like having some mm-hmm. some of those older older veterans around and and getting them over the hump. Even JJ, he's not playing very much, but I think he adds a lot to that locker room. And so I, I would have to get back, like, a, if you were going to trade him, you would have to get back somebody maybe slightly – less better rather than just a bunch of pieces and assets. I don't think, I don't think that's where they're at right now, especially with, with Zion and um, I don't know. Yeah. It, I, I agree though, that there is no, some I, overlap. I, and, and if Lonzo keeps playing this way that, um, you know, maybe there's a better use for that spot. Yeah. Get someone. Like who, exactly. who would you trade for? No, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, geez. Drew holiday. I mean, if I, if I'm, if I'm looking uh, let me th- shoot. I mean, who, 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 who's let me throw one out at you. They've got the Lakers' next forty-five years worth of picks. You throw Drew yeah. Holiday, three first-round picks, two first-round picks, something like that. Maybe a a Nikhil Alexander wow. Walker, or I don't know, like a combination of all like Drew Holiday, and you get Bradley Beal back. Wow, that's a great. I think there's, I think that's a good trade. I don't know if the Wizards make that 
since they have John Wall coming back, maybe. I don't know. They need to replenish, man. Uh, They've got nothing I, going over there. Yeah, the, the Wizards are in, the Wizards are not in a good situation. I, I think that's a I would I think that would be a fair trade and I think that'd be something the Wizards consider. Yeah. Um another guy that you might throw out there shoot, I don't even know, man. There's kind of a I'm sure there's somebody out there. Um maybe like uh shoot, I don't know. That's the best answer. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna move on. I'm drawing a blank now. We're moving on. You, you chumped me with that. You I feel like the out. best, well the best well answer well for every trade scenario right now is Bradley Beal. So that was Bradley Beal. Uh, <laughs> the guy is guy's balling, man. He He's had an unreal stretch. Should have been an all-star. Um, Anyways, I'm going to give the floor to my co-host today. What do you got? Bring something right, to the so, table right now, Jake. So it's actually a good transition from the uh, New Orleans. Mavericks games yesterday. Um, last play of the game, don't know if you saw it. Luca comes down, he's shaking, he's baking, crossover, hesitation, loses Drew Holiday. Did you see that uh, play? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw it. So, I've got a, I've got a real problem with the NBA right now. I've got a bone to pick. Oh, I... That bone to pick is, All right. there's a great move by, by Luca. Two feet in front of the rim, little bunny, Passes it out to Maxi Kleba in the corner for a three-pointer. Like, at what point do have we got? I know you're a three-point shooter, so you're unconscious <laughs> with this stuff. But um, at what point have we gone too far where we're shooting too many threes and the game's on the line? It's what twenty-eight seconds left. Kicks it out for a three-pointer when they're up by two and a four-point game puts it away. Basically, I mean, luckily the ball. Luckily, Kleba missed it, and they batted the ball out. But if he misses that, the game goes into possibly overtime because nobody can stop Zion. And, and you know, they have a chance to lose the game. Like, have we gone too far is my first question. Okay. Uh, well, I got a question to your oh, response, but we'll get quick to that. Quick pro quo. Yes. Uh, have we gone too far? In some senses, yes. So I agree with your point. I think if Luca is a little more aggressive, he attacks the rim. Now, I watched majority of the – I watched basically the whole game, minus a minute or two here and there. Um, and he kind of struggled at the, at the rim and at the free throw line. Today. So it, I honestly think he was afraid to take that shot which I don't think is normal for Luca. I just think in that situation, in that game, it was. Um, but I do agree. I think there's a tendency to analytics or small ball, whatever you want to call it, to pass up a, a, a shot from five for a shot from 25. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily a, a good thing. I think I think when it comes down to playoffs, I think the teams that are going to advance are going to be teams that have guys who can make that shot. Like, for the most case, I think LeBron shoots that shot. Giannis shoots that shot. I think even to an extent, Harden shoots that five-foot shot. You know, some of those better teams. Um, so, I, I agree. I think, I think there is too much – there's too much of a willingness to – 
to pass out. And I don't even three. think the math there is is like, like so. What the the math that on the three point shot says? All right, if you shoot forty percent from three, what's 40, 40 or point four times three? You know whatever that is. And if you shoot fifty percent from two, then you know that's only one point. So you know, it's so the math there checks out if you're doing that. But when you're right in front of the rim, I think you're shooting ninety percent. Right. And so that's just your shoot. That's like a 1.8 expected value there. Right. And so it's yeah. this, it's this goddamn disease by the rockets. It's spreading faster than coronavirus. <laughs> and people are shooting threes out of their asses. The rockets are shooting 53s a game. They've got no center. And Crazy. I hate watching them. Crazy. Russell Westbrook suck my dick. And you could just. Did you see him the other day? He was mean mugging the Warriors bench when they have like a bunch of G leaguers and and people from the um, you know NCAA Division Two. Respect to those guys, by the way. Respect, respect. I don't know. That's- yeah, no, I agree. I do have I do have an interesting stat for you. A little bit of trivia right now. Do you know who has the highest percentage in the key? The highest shooting percentage in the key. For this season, I know who One it is. Player. Russell Westbrook. Who is it? Uh, oh. Wait, LeBron. Oh, closer though. AD. Much closer. Closer, uh, but not Alex it. Caruso. <laughs> I don't know. I give up. No. Go on, just go down. Buster? You, Dwight Howard, shooting 74%. Wow. Sorry, it's real Dwight Howard, real. 74%. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's back, man. He's back and better yeah. than ever. So, I'm going to circle back here to a comment that you made. Um, in regards to Kleba shooting the three and Zion being unstoppable. Um, and this is something that I want to touch base on. We're going a little Pelican. Relevant, um, where we're currently at in the NBA. And I know there, there was a good amount of discussion, and that's shame on me. I didn't look at the amount of minutes that he played last night, but he, for the first for the a majority of the game, he did not look good. To the fact that Maxi Kleba, <laughs> Maxi Pad, I love him, was was soaking up all the blows that Zion will give to you with his body and holding his own. Yeah, um, yeah, and he looked good doing it. They had some help on the backside. Kristaps was leaving his guy, and he. Zion probably got a shot blocked like four or five times in the first half. Yeah. Right? So, and and I guess that might be how you guard him. I don't know. And he he took some awful fifteen foot jump shots. <laughs> yeah. They were his jump was broken than mine for sure. Oh my god! Look like Rikishi shooting a fifteen footer. I said, God, man, what are you yeah. doing? Pass it out. Um, but my point is, I don't know that he's not – I think he's healthy enough. And this point may contradict itself. I think he's healthy enough to play back-to-back. He's just not nearly in good enough shape. Yeah. 
not near, not nearly close to be effective in a back-to-back situation. Well, let me say this. I don't know if it's due to his health. I don't know what it's due to. I actually think – I think this is like a pitcher, right? So they've got 10 games. The, the Mavericks are a good organization. Coach Carlisle is a really good coach. They've got around 10 games yeah. of film on him now. And and the thing that we know about yeah. Zion is he's not he's not tall, right? So he's not – and he struggles against length. We saw that when they played Milwaukee. And so I think what yeah. what Dallas said was, all right, we'll put our power forward on you. Um, we're going to have Kristaps, a seven foot three. Like, by the way, we need to get to him. He's been on a tear. Um, put a seven foot three guy oh, man, in, in the help position. And if you want to, if you want to have Derek Favors roll to the rim and, and get 10, 15 points, that's fine. But we're going to devil up on that. So I think, I think this is now, this is now the game where he has to, he has to be able to either have Nico Melli out there spotting up, hitting threes and say, all right, if you're going to double me, I'll kick it out to him. Or, um, you know, he's going to have to adapt to, to seeing this more. We've seen it with Giannis. I, I, I kind of think Zion and Giannis are of a similar breed in that, Nobody can really stop them going to the basket. They can spin. They can move. You can plan for them. But until you, until you see their strength and their length, it's going to be too hard to, uh, you know, get get there and stop them because they're going to finish it either over through you in Zion's case or over the top of you in Giannis's case. So um, I think this is the game now. There's a little tape on him. They're going to load up on him on the block and uh, foul him when he gets there because he's a spotty foul shooter. So... We'll see how he adapts. I, I think yeah. – I don't know what to do with his physical appearance. I, he looks out of shape to me. Every time he's walking to the bench, I'm like, man, did he sprain his ankle? What's wrong with him? But then he's just like he flipping around good. and stuff. But when he catches the ball, he's dynamite. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think even more a little bit is that – It'll be interesting to see if other teams are as disciplined to guard him the same way. Yeah. And then what Alvin Gentry does to get him looks that aren't as stationary, right? Get him moving, some cross screens, things like that, some slips. Get him in some space where he can, where he has some momentum to use that explosiveness. And then I'll even argue that although – uh, Giannis and um, Zion are similar in their unstoppability at the rim. The difference in my mind is they still they can't shoot a three. But I think you feel you feel extremely comfortable with Giannis at 15 feet, whereas that last night you you're like uh, Zion. Uh, no, thank you, dude. I'm not watching. I'm not watching fourth grade girls basketball right now. I want to see an actual shot. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah. So I think I think I think in the long run he'll be all right. But he's got to do some serious work this offseason again. Yeah, for sure. I mean the difference too is one's an MVP and one's a rookie. So I think there's a shot for him to, you know, get there in three, four years yeah. as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, yeah. And Giannis is seven foot. Or whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more topic for you before I start getting to do Apache Zone and we're going to start cutting in and out. Um, Let's hear it. Was the trade that Dallas got for Porzingis the biggest heist in the 2010s? 
Oh, 1,000%. I'm glad we got to that because I wanted to touch on that as well, especially in lieu of Cuban's comments today, um, which I don't know if you saw, but he wants Kristaps and uh, Luca to be together on the maps for 20 years. Um, so I think that's a little unrealistic. But to his point, um, how could you not? How could you not think that? Knowing that, what's Kristaps? 23, 24? Yeah. Maybe. Luca just turned 21 like a week ago. The the few the best teams. It seems like the NBA's gone away from the big three to a dynamic duo. Yeah. And you're looking at two guys who can be a dynamic duo, the best dynamic duo in the league in their prime for set five to eight years maybe. Yeah. How could you not how like what did what did they give up? Guys who aren't even on the Knicks right. anymore. I I mean it's unfathomable <laughs> how terrible the Knicks are. I mean they are god. And, and the terrible thing is on the side they got Tim Hardaway Jr. who's good. Like they, they, they I know. blew him in like he was trash, and he was like, "Chop yeah, liver." He's actually like a decent role player. He he spots up. He yeah, he spots him. up. He makes threes. He like, I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about, so I would say like they're the younger version of AD and LeBron, right? I mean, I don't. Not that they're at that Agreed. level. I think they're closer than people think. Um, but. They, yeah. They're actually the two superstars that complement each other. They do different things. You can use them in pick and roll. You can spot up. You can roll to the basket. Um, defensively, I think he's coming back around after his after his knee surgery, and and, and then you look yeah. at you look at what the Knicks did, and <laughs> it was just a travesty. So they got two picks from them, 21-22. Um, Dallas is going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be – they're going to be 21st, 22nd pick, something like that. Um, they're going to have a good record for the foreseeable future. So I don't think you're really getting a lottery player out of that. And and then they did this all to clear cap space for Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Uh, that didn't happen because your owner is a retard. And then he kicked Spike Lee out. <laughs> oh, and they had the worst attendance in 13 years last night. Are you freaking kidding me? I've, I want to get Michael Rapport on here so we can just bash Jim <laughs> that, Dolan. Fire Dolan, was, man. Get that guy that out of here. a little bit of fake news if you actually looked at the data because it was like – it was yeah. the worst attendance in like 13 years, but it was still like 84% capacity. So, I mean, it's not like it was an empty – Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I still. You, I mean, who wants to go see them? No, they're terrible. Gosh, like – if, if you told me I could get – if you were to give me courtside seats for a Knicks, um, a Knicks Warriors game minus death, I might turn it down. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Or like a Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, actually, they're pretty fun. But, um, yeah. All right. I mean, obviously, we would take the courtside one, seats. One but. last segment that I'm going to pitch you. It's called uh, – it's called – it's called Bowser, okay? Yeah, Bowser? and it's okay. your hottest take. You're going to throw a flame ball at me. What's your hottest take right now? I want something. It's not popular. It's it's going to scorch some people. You're going to have fans rate you as a one star because of it. But I got to hear it. Yeah. 
it really pains me to say this, and I would argue against it almost every time, but I think there might be an argument for this. And I hope you're buckled in your I hope you're buckled. Yeah. Um, but James Harden James Harden might actually be good at defense. Wow, now you're just now you're just being a dickhead. <laughs> James Harden's not good at anything. I refuse to believe he's a good basketball player. That's the that's the hottest take that I got. And it was something that I was thinking about today regarding wow. his comments and I don't think he's good. I don't think he's a good defender, but I think there's some people will make an argument that he is. And I think there might, in, depending on how you look at it, if you skew the highlights, if you skew the data the right way, you can make an argument for that. Will he ever win Defensive Player of the Year? Not a freaking chance. Would I want him on my team for defense? Not a freaking chance. But I think that's something that can be discussed <laughs> on a semi-legitimate All right, whatever level. you say, if you can skew the data in the right way, you lose all credibility because that's like oh, I lose. I lost credibility when I said James Harden was good at defense. So I got to try and I got to try and make something right, happen well, that's here. A spicy meatball, though. Yeah, that's that's a good. Uh, that's a hot take. Uh, and, and as my first boss always told me, let never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So I respect that. Exactly. All right. Let me hear your take. Your, your spicy hot take. Hot take. Um, here's my spicy hot take. Um, LeBron James, everybody called, thinks he's the uh, the point guard of the Lakers right now. My spicy yeah. hot take is that yeah. he is the center for the Lakers right now. And what I say on, by wow. that is um, I was listening to a pod earlier and I read an article then. It spurred me on to read an article. Did you know he's the best scorer out of the post? Do you know he's the best it. passer out of the post leading to a score? I Did you it. know that when he posts up, like out of every single person that's posted up, that is the best offense um, of anybody posting up? That was a bad way to phrase that, but I think you got what I was saying. So, like, <laughs> he scores the, he's in the first percentile for scoring out of the post. He's in the first percentile from an assist out of there. And then when you consider the, the, the total offense, so like a hockey hockey assist or like ball movement leading to a cut or yeah. to a layup or whatever, he's the best. So everybody wants to talk about how he's how he's the point guard for the Lakers. But my hot take is at a, at a ripe old age of 35 and 270 pounds, he is bruising, he is using, and he is winning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. We're coming to the end of the road here. So we're going to end the show with the good old start the bus. Start the bus. Here we go. All right. Wait, I don't know this one. What, what is this one? Start the bus. Start the bus is a chant that fans do when they're about to win the game, telling the team to start the, the opposing team to start okay. the bus and go home. <laughs> Start the bus. Who do you got? MVP right now. MVP right now. Uh, uh, it's got to be Giannis, but I'm going to say LeBron because LAL forever. 
Fair enough. I like it. I'm yeah, going with Giannis, Giannis too. It's going to be, but you know, I hope Giannis gets hurt for the last month yeah. and LeBron slides right in there. I don't know. Call me selfish. Wow. You know, the thing that I didn't really realize was going to happen this year was that I was going to become a LeBron fan. Uh, I think it finally happened. Last year, <laughs> I, he seemed like a mercenary. He seemed like he was going to come in here and just rip our team apart. But, you know, this year, the way he dealt with the Kobe thing, he went through a losing season. It feels like he put his, his time in, and, and now I'm rooting for him. So He earned his stripes. Yeah. He earned his purple and gold. I like it. You're a true Laker, LeBron. Jake, want to thank you for jumping on the pod today. Appreciate your input. Top of the yeah, line one, insight. One thing before I go, um, for all the fans out there, uh, if you want to listen to a better podcast, hop on over to <laughs> – no, I'm just kidding. All right. I just came here to steal fans, all right? <laughs> Yeah. I got two of them, so one of them is my wife, so at least right, you get yeah. one. Thanks for having me on.